We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer, it's liquid death. So why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. So remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host Andrew Mertig. Andrew, I hesitate to ask because we both know how the Packers have been playing, but how are you doing this week? Uh, right like okay so we've been through a lot of bad football even even on this podcast right since we've known each other year one we went through the McCarthy firing that was a bad football team 
Um, I got the privilege of paying for more Brett Hundley, Scott Tolzien, Seneca Wallace-led <laughs> games than I care to admit. And so, like, I've seen some bad football, but we are very privileged as Packers fans to not have gone through too many of these stretches in most of our lifetimes, right? Like, I would dare say the majority of our our audience, uh, including you and I, who might be even on the older spectrum of that, haven't had to see like the 70s and 80s Packers so when we go through these stretches it's sort of a testament of character and fandom and that doesn't mean you can't speak ill of the team it just means that I think the way that I am looking at this is there are two ways we can go moving forward we can either write an obituary for the season and just stop caring that would probably make for some really bad podcasting if that was our <laughs> attitude. Or we can view this as an information-finding mission. And what what I mean by that is what can we find out about this team's makeup, who plays well enough that they are either a key part of putting the ship back together or become a trade asset? What do we find out about the young pieces, right? Like, is is Christian Watson, Kingsley Inabare, Zach, Tom, et cetera, are they key parts of this organization moving forward? And to me, that still makes this an entertaining and intriguing end of the season, even if the Packers' playoff hopes are about to be extinguished. Yeah, I love the way that you frame that, and it is all about perspective, and it's a painful experience when you enter the season hoping for a shot at the Super Bowl. That was where we were. It felt legitimate in a lot of ways, and it's becoming pretty clear that that is not in the cards at all for the Packers this season. Uh, but there's still so much to learn about this team, so many players to watch and develop. You mentioned Christian Watson. Man, if there's a player left to just see what can happen the last stretch of the season, I feel like Christian Watson's going to be worth watching just one player, right? That could be so much fun. So many storylines to follow, and I think that that's why we are still here with you, the listeners, because it's football, right? It's not maybe the best football we've ever seen, but we love the Green Bay Packers, and so we're here to help you through this hard, hard time. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, what 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 was it? What was it that I said last week? Right, bad football is better than no football. That's right. And I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with that. That's right. And as we're recording this, speaking of bad football, there's a Thursday night football game on. But uh, let's go ahead <laughs> and jump into our key matchups for this week. The Packers do play a football game this weekend, or something that may reminisce a football game. Uh, it's kind of a big game, right? They face the Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. This is a 425 start, right, Andrew? Is that correct? It is correct. 425. And so we are here to help you get ready, to emotionally prepare, right, at this point for this game with another round of these key matchups and X-Factors. As we always do, we're going to dive into the Cowboys, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the football game. And then, of course, we're going to get those X-Factors in as well to talk about how that may play out this week. But let's get started uh, Andrew, what is your first matchup that you're going to be watching when Green Bay hosts Dallas on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on. This is Fox ga- Fox's game of the week <laughs> somehow. And it seemed like they doubled down on it, even though the Packers have been terrible. Uh, something about the Mike McCarthy retribution story or something to that something, effect. Something, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my my first key matchup is going to be the Packers interior defensive line against the Cowboys interior offensive line. And we know Zach Martin isn't that sort of all world player that he once was. 
Uh, former Wisconsin center Tyler Biotis has been a solid piece at center for the Cowboys. And and Dallas has been trying ageless Jason Peters at the other guard spot. And meanwhile, the Packers defense line has been getting their butts kicked pretty regularly over the last five games. Kenny Clark can only do so much. He is just human after all. Uh, Dean Lowry should no longer be taking meaningful snaps once the Packers are officially eliminated. Although you can argue uh, that he shouldn't be taking snaps period future <laughs> or present there are um, no caveats. but he just shouldn't yeah he it. really he he doesn't have a future in green bay so i don't see the purpose there very much um jaron reed has had flashes but again as a player who won't be on the roster next season or at least we don't think so so let's see way more tj slayton and Devonte wyatt if the packers lose this matchup the cowboys are just gonna run tony pollard and if healthy ezekiel elliott over and over and over and over again on sunday and then the play action is going to kill them. So winning this matchup is a requirement to even stand a chance. So that Packers defense line needs to be really stout um, against that pretty good Dallas interior offense line. Yeah, that's a good matchup to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, mine's maybe not going to be a popular one. I don't know. But it's going to be Aaron Rodgers <laughs> versus his own head. And we know that Aaron Rodgers, he's had a tough go this season, right? Whether you blame him you can blame the receivers. You can blame the coaching. It really doesn't matter. There's no pop to this offense. The ball isn't coming out well. It's not going to the right places. And for whatever reason, Rodgers is missing throws, which is somewhat understandable. He's playing with uh, an injury to his throwing hand, but it's the throws that he's not attempting that are even more concerning. He's almost playing like a young quarterback who sees ghosts out there. And you could say that the offensive line has him skittish at times, but Realistically, the offensive line has been fine the last several weeks, so it seems Rodgers has some things to sort out, and he always can. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He's probably still in there somewhere, (laughs) but in this week's game, he plays his former head coach, Mike McCarthy, right? And that seems like a lot of emotion to tangle with the fact that this offense is already a total mess, and maybe it's the chip on his shoulder that he needs, but it's going to go one of two ways on Sunday. Rodgers either figures it out, leans heavily on guys like Lazard, Tunyon, Aaron Jones, the guys he knows that can get it done, or this thing is just going to be an obvious mess and frustration. And I think that it'll be interesting to see how Rodgers handles it all because there may not be much hope of the playoffs left for the Packers, but there's a lot of football left to be played this season. So Rodgers has got to find a groove or figure out what's going to happen over the next couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about Rodgers later on, but there's clearly something going on there that is causing him to be less than the two-time reigning MVP, right? And so, um, and and a lot of that is going to come down to production, which leads into my next key matchup, and that is Micah Parsons versus David Bakhtiari and Yash Nyman. The problem with identifying a specific matchup is the variety of ways Micah Parsons lines up. I, I I went back to my draft ratings, and I had Micah as my number 10 overall prospect in the 2021 draft, but he... What, what I really figured out when I dove into it is he got dinged because I listed him as a linebacker instead of an edge player. If I would have identified him as an edge, he would have been my number four overall prospect. And I think that's where most of us missed, right? This guy is an absolute elite generational pass rusher in addition to all those other things that he does at a super high level right like running sideline to sideline in the run game he can play a little bit off off ball he can drop in coverage like this guy is crazy crazy 
um, talented. And so Dallas has lined him up on the left side and on the right side as an edge rusher, 183 and 164 times respectively. So leans a little bit more towards the left, but definitely versatility there. He doesn't necessarily have a preferred location. My suspicion is they will try to get him on Yash as much as possible, unless Bakhtiari is forced to miss more, more time, and then the bets are off. Because you could see him against Yash, you could put him on Zach Tom, you could really mess with the Packers and hurt their ability to chip and help out there. This is a player the Packers are going to have to give extra attention to on every single play, and quite frankly, they're just not good enough on offense to give up a player who could be running a route to double or chip. So this is like doubly problematic. I don't see a route where this isn't a massive Dallas advantage, but the Packers have to keep it from being an absolute disaster. Because if it is, that's going to lead to like a three sack and a forced fumble type of performance where Micah Parsons just completely destroys any little chance you have at winning this game. I am terrified after you describe it that way. So I'm glad you highlighted it, though, because that is one that we're going to need to keep our eye on. It sounds like one that could have a big impact in the game for sure. I'm going to talk here about Alan Lazard versus Trayvon Diggs. And opinions on Diggs, they're all over the map. He's certainly a beatable player, but you can't deny that he's a great playmaker. He's already had three interceptions in 2022. And typically you don't see Rodgers offering up many opportunities for those interceptions, but that hasn't necessarily been true this season. And Lazard was out there against Detroit at what we assume was less than 100%. Um, after dealing with that shoulder injury, probably still in that spot. And Rodgers was just throwing up some prayers to Lazard at times. Lazard made some nice plays, but 50-50 balls against Trayvon Diggs would be an interesting thing to watch because Lazard's a great player, but he's not that burner. And I think that that's where you may beat someone like Diggs with some of the stiffness that he plays with. So maybe the Packers try to get some shots with someone like Toure lined up with Diggs if they can align that. But I'm guessing that Lazard and Diggs That contest is going to be a fun one to watch and an important one for the Packers just to find an upper hand in that as a way to have a chance to score some points in this game. Yeah, you know, when when I think about Trayvon Diggs, it, it sort of harkens me back to Marcus Peters. And I remember Marcus Peters as a, I believe it was his rookie year in Kansas City, had all sorts of interceptions, like just off the charts. And the Kansas City dealt him not too much later in his career to the Rams. And people were like, how can he trade an, uh, an elite corner like that? And And the Chiefs were basically just saying, like, we can't deal with the big plays he gives up despite the big plays he makes. And yeah. and there's a little bit of that in Trayvon Diggs, but what I like is Dallas has kind of built their defense around that, right? Like they build in some safeguards, but they're willing to let Diggs just go after the ball sometimes mm-hmm. and be okay that like, yeah, he's going to get beat. He's going to give up some chunk yards, um, but he's also going to take the ball away, which one of the most important plays you can make in all of football. So yeah. um, he's certainly a controversial player. Somebody I think personally is a little overrated, but I also know that if he's having one of those games where you're on the bad side of the coin and throwing the ball to him uh, mm-hmm. is going to wreck your game plan. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to pick as a key matchup uh, somebody else in the Cowboys secondary. I'm going to cheat and pick somebody that you already did. Uh, and I'm going to go with Malik Hooker versus Aaron Rodgers. And Malik Hooker has looked the part of the guy who is drafted 15th overall in 2017 by the Colts. Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the third best safety in the entire NFL through the first half of 2022. And I know you already mentioned Rodgers, but 
if he was having trouble with Kirby Joseph, Hooker could absolutely repeat a two-interception game unless 12 cleans up a whole lot really quickly. Like Aaron Rodgers, his foot his footwork has been abysmal. He's leaving throws short, and he's not he's he's not seeing the field well at all. It, this could be attributed to age. Oh. It could be him not being all in on the season. It could be ayahuasca after effects, or it could be just a bad stretch of games. And I've literally seen all four of those things suggested this week. Oh. Uh, but unless he starts to see the field better and anticipate throws, there's going to be more interceptions and a ton more sacks taken. And this Packers offense is going to just continue to spin its wheels. Oh. You may start noticing that there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Now, why call this water liquid death? Well, mostly because it's going to brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I have a can of liquid death right here and I'm able to open and take a drink from that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it looks just like water. One thing that I actually like to do is have people that don't know it's water. So you just give them one and they think they're getting a beer and all of a sudden it's actually better for them. It's a nice given thing of water. Their help. You can drink it at 9am. You can drink it at school. You can drink it at drink it in public, do whatever you want with this little bottle of goodness right here. Go get your liquid death today at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or just find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, I mean, we could spend so much time just uh, speculating about the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and we we talked about it. We don't need to stay there. But I do remember there was a time when he went back and he said, hey, I noticed something in my footwork, in my mechanics. And it, I want to say it was coming out of or during 
Matt LaFleur's first season or something like that. And there was that time when we saw that when he played with LaFleur the first year. He was still Aaron Rodgers, but he was missing throws. He was especially missing the throws to the flats. And that's when they picked Jordan Love. And it was kind of like we were in the spot where it's like, is Rodgers falling off? And then he fixed things. He becomes the two-time MVP. But my goodness, I don't know how someone who watches his own film doesn't see that like he's doing things differently regardless of who's on the field with him and all of those things that are mixed in. But, man, it's just an interesting thing to try to dissect because there's so many factors. Yeah, I forget exactly the way that he phrased it, but Joe Marino on the Draft Dudes podcast this week broke down the three interceptions for Rodgers and really kind of the whole game. Um, but the uh, especially talking about the throwback to David Bakhtiari, and, and uh-huh. again, I'm going to screw this phrasing up, but he, he just said it was a, a presumptuous throw or he, he assumed too many things on the play. And I, I thought that perfectly summarized it. It was like he had predetermined where he was going to go with the ball. Mm-hmm. He predetermined that there was going to be pressure on him, which there wasn't. And he predetermined that his arm was going to be good enough to get him the ball, even though he was, you know, just using atrocious footwork. And all of those things were wrong. And and I do feel like that's actually a really good summary for what's been going on. It just seems like Aaron Rodgers is assuming things. He assumed that because they were playing a bad Lions defense that they were just going to be able to throw the ball all over the place. And that didn't work out all that well. Um, he's he's made some assumptions of the defense is showing us this look, so we, we shouldn't be running because in the past... This is where I would check it and throw it out to Devontae Adams, and they don't have him anymore. He's wow. He's been presumptuous that, uh, you know, his pass blocking is going to hold up the way that it should, and it, it just hasn't. And it doesn't seem like he is reacting well. It just seems like he's predetermining what should work, and it's 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 not that's not something that you can do in, in the NFL and is especially not something that you can do in this season where it seems like the NFL defenses are starting to figure some things out. And Rodgers is such a smart player. And I think that that's why it's so baffling, like, because he knows these things. And I just think maybe, maybe if he realized these things earlier in the process and in a preseason, there's some adjustments that you can make, but it feels like the current of the river is just too strong and he can't step out of it to just realize, you know, you got to play differently. You got to get back to some some mechanics and some, uh, you know, to so the essentials of playing quarterback instead of what you maybe are used to and assuming that you can do. But um, we'll be watching it. We'll see. Hopefully he figures it out. Um, obviously, still Aaron Rodgers. My next one here, Kingsley Enigbare versus the Cowboys offensive tackles. The Rashawn Gary injury is just devastating for this team and super sad, super frustrating. You hate to see one of the guys who truly goes out there and battles every play lost to injury like that, especially in a season like this. This team absolutely needed him as a leader and as a contributor with his talent. But Kingsley Enigbare is the next man up, and he's shown some really nice stuff in limited snaps. On the other side of the football, Tyler Smith and Terrence Steele have been solid for the Cowboys. They rank 32nd and 52nd in the NFL among tackles, so kind of sort of that starter level of play not overly impressive but they're holding their own right and especially considering the raw prospect that tyler smith was coming out i think the cowboys are pleased 
with what he's shown thus far. Uh, but Enigbare is probably going to see both of these guys. He's probably going to see more of Terrence Steele. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see how he performs in this matchup. The Packers lacked depth at edge coming into this season, and we knew that. But now that the season is totally on skates, Enigbare is your de facto starter at edge, and he's only played a third of the snap so far this season. So that's obviously going to increase. And while the list of things that are fun about this season is pretty short, as we've said, it will be really fun to see if Kingsley can maximize this opportunity and become a valuable, valuable piece as a third edge rusher or maybe even an eventual starter for this team going forward. Yeah, and you you look at the you know list of players I mentioned earlier of young guys that are maybe auditioning for a big future on this roster, and Kingsley Inigbare is right at the top of that list. And so now we're going to transition over from key matchups to X-Factors. Um, we want to take a look at who is going to make a big difference in this matchup between the Packers and Cowboys. And I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with defense lineman rookie Devontae Wyatt. And I, I'm just at a loss for why Wyatt can't get on the field more. Um, I guess maybe the Packers thought, hey, we're still in the playoff hunt. We should be playing our veterans. But Dean Lowry just can't be on the field as much as he is. He He's done. And Wyatt has received 12, 10, and 10 snaps, respectively, over the last three weeks. Um, but during that time, I've really liked what I've seen on tape. He, I, I think he's been surprisingly good. And I think you have to start taking the training wheels off and see what you have in the rookie. He's already 24, so saving him for the future doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. So if the coaching staff can get him on the field, I think there's a path for him to make two splash plays. I like his power. I love his hustle uh, in the run game, and I think he gets an important stop against Tony Pollard. And I think he could also be in line for his first sack. Uh, but really, for this to work out, Joe Barry has to get Devontae on the field a minimum of 20 snaps. I like that a lot. And we already talked about, you know, the, the Dean Lowry stuff and the uh, Jaron Reed. Like, there's really no reason to have those guys keep taking those snaps. This is an opportunity for uh, your first round pick, who you obviously thought a lot of, to get out on the field and make some plays. So I like that a lot. Um, mine here is Christian Watson. And I think the Packers are just dying to use Watson. Uh, they're running out of other options, so those things kind of combined. It's kind of a perfect storm. Um, I mentioned that Toure may be getting some deep shots from Rodgers in this game, but I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe Watson gets his big chance again. The Packers aren't a scary offense in the slightest. I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that, uh, but things could get interesting when they have nothing else to lose, right? When you get backed up into a corner, things could get a little bit dicey. LaFleur knows that the reps for these young guys are really, really important. Watson hasn't had the chance to build his confidence. The injuries have certainly robbed him of that opportunity. So as this team starts to feel like a squad with nothing to play for but to be the spoiler, I think the offensive creativity can kind of get interesting. And someone like Watson, who we've seen work a lot in the flats, lots of targets underneath, Maybe he gets a beneficiary of that kind of let's go for it and make some big plays down the field. I would love to see it, and I think he does it in this game. Yeah, I, I really like that a lot, and I, I still think really, really big things out of Christian Watson. One of the most athletic receiver prospects ever. 
I know that somehow that yeah. was a controversial take from somebody on Twitter this week, but he is. I mean, he's a unicorn athlete mm-hmm. um, in a league full of elite athletes. He he is special. And, you know, the injuries have been really unfortunate, especially um, on Sunday being like so extra cautious and, and taking him out there, even though there wasn't an identified head injury. And I, I actually like that. Like, take care of your players. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you should be able to beat the Detroit Lions with without Christian Watson anyways. Yeah. I don't think that's the reason they lost. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's good to see them maybe handling that a little bit more precautionary than they would in the past. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing Watson out there healthy um, and really let him start to, to make a name for himself down the stretch. Yeah. And now it's the final part of our Friday shows, which is just getting harder and harder. Every single week. And that is, what is the Packers' path to victory? And uh, this week, I, I originally just wrote down, oh, and then uh, <laughs> that's mostly vowels, by the way. Yeah. And uh, I just left it at that. But really, like, <laughs> when I actually put some thought into this, I cannot imagine two worse matchups for the Packers in their current state than the Cowboys. And, oh, by the way, the Packers have to play the Titans on Thursday in a short week. But we always have to say this. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. I think there are three things that have to happen for the Packers to win. Number one, I think they have to establish the run and actually stick to it. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and oh yeah, by the way, Kylan Hill being back. I think the three of them need to combine for 25 touches or more. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to play within the system, get the ball out quick, and stay ahead of the sticks. Um, no more taking sacks, no more holding on to the ball too long and getting your offense alignment into bad holding situations. And I think the defense has to contain the run. I actually do believe they, they can keep the offense of the Cowboys um, in check relatively through the passing game. And I think they can keep their own offense in the game if they can stop Tony Pollard and to a lesser extent Ezekiel Elliott if he's back. Uh, but quite frankly, that seems to be asking too much of this team at this point. But again, Crazy things happen in the NFL every single week. So um, I do think the Packers have a chance. They just need to clean up a whole heck of a lot of things. Yeah, we thought about changing this title of this section from Path to Victory to what if the Packers actually win? Like, <laughs> what if it happened? What would we do? Um, I mean, we're, we're in that spot right now. It's it's hard to say, uh, and it sounds ridiculous. This is what I'm going to go with. I think the thing that the would allow the Packers the best chance to stick around in this game is if they played loose and they had a little bit of fun, right? Rodgers has seemingly lost all Zen and is constantly angry and frustrated on the field. I think that carries over to the other players, not to mention that they're young and impressionable and trying to earn respect, right? It makes it hard to play with focus when your leader is a total mess all the time. And if this team can accept that they aren't the juggernaut that everybody thought that they were, I think that that takes the pressure off and might just allow them to accept the role of a spoiler in this game and in the rest of the season. And, oh, if they did that, maybe they find themselves in a place where they're 500 in a few weeks and like things are crazy and that seems totally out of the realm of possibility but this is not an x and o's answer but i really think that one of the keys to the packers finding any kind of success is just trying to relax it's weird someone said that one time and to just have some (laughs) fun and just play the game and see what happens because it feels like that is almost too big of a thing to ask anymore yeah, it does seem like the entire pressure valve has been turned to off 
this week. No one expects anything out of this team. And I do think that's an opportunity, right? Like there is some advantage in having absolutely no pressure on you mm. and uh, just being able to play loose and relaxed and, and go out and play football. And and so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Remember, Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Central are the Packaday Happy Hour. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And next week, we'll be back staying up late and reviewing the Packers Week 11 Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans. Reviewing. Yeah, because we're going to yeah. stay up late. <laughs> Just for you. Just for you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, go, go.